Welcome to Dig It. This is a Christmas special. I am here with my co-host, The Sharp Edge, and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. How you guys doing? Hey, Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas, bud. I think I've got nothing planned. It's going to be fantastic. Hmm. Oh, I like it that way, though. It's my holidays. It's like perfect for me. I look forward to going over to my parents every year and I, I load up the critters. I load up my furry critters and we camp out over there for two days and we eat and we eat and we eat. <laughs> we sometimes play games or if there's a decent movie on, maybe like late at night because we're all night owls. It's great. My entire family is night owls. So that's good. Yeah, so we'll be up till three in the morning, you know, and, and then we'll sleep in and do the Christmas breakfast and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah so I was sleeping in at my house. There's none. I'll probably be up at like four in the morning. Oh, <laughs> oh. Santa came! Santa came! <laughs> yeah. Well, see, I don't have to worry about that. Get so. Get <laughs> We're all adults. <laughs> so I have like one day, so Christmas Day, with my family. And we just chill and we eat. But then, yeah, just the holidays after that, I mostly just like chill by myself or with my brother. It's just that peaceful time. We'll yeah. like play games and stuff and just relax. That sounds well, nice. That's like yeah. my kind of Christmas. Yeah. I don't really often get that. But, uh, you know, people ask me, what do you want for Christmas? I'm like, you can't give it to me. I want time and quiet yeah. peace and quiet and you want to be able to just shut your brain off and not have to think or make decisions or plan or anything rarity in my world although a couple of years ago do you guys remember when scandinavia anonymous was dropping uh the 12 days of christmas videos and they were showing like visuals that tied into a lot of the drops through wikileaks exposing all the different corruption and everything and so i kept re-watching it and then i was looking at sanja's tweets at the time and this was all going down on christmas eve by the way and i was over at my parents but i was i was waiting for my brother to get there and so i pull up my laptop I'm like, I got to figure this out. I'm going to figure this out. So I did. I finally figured it out. And now everyone's there and they're like waiting to open presents. And I'm like, hang on, I got to finish this thread. It's really important. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not working on the holiday. I'm not going to do that this year. No, yeah. I actually ended up turning that thread into an article. Yeah, you got to find that video because I don't remember. He, it. He, he gave information. I mean, according to this, you know, I have, I have no proof, but based on Julian Assange's little clues about the crypto kitties and the Scandinavian anonymous videos that were, they were like kind of like bouncing off of back and forth between each other on dropping this stuff. I put it all together and the, it had to do with him embedding information through cryptocurrency that was going to go to both that had to do with Hillary Clinton and probably others, but that was going to go to both Hillary and Trump and that, with Trump being president. So there's no money involved, right? It's a gift, it's information. And then afterwards it would go into uh, FARA, into the National Archives, which would eventually one day become public. Well, about a year later, some, it started circulating again and Scandinavian Anonymous told me I was spot on with it. So, so wow, that's interesting. interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. We have to revisit that. Our show today is just going to be really random. We've got no news or anything to catch up on. But we do want to talk about just over the last year, The Great Awakening and our perceptions of it and where it's going and a little bit about us and where we're going in the future as well. This and we want to wish everyone a happy holidays. 
hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, we've met so many incredible people through this, you know, everyone from just people sharing the information, getting the information out. There's brilliant journalists and reporters and writers and researchers and, and just a lot of wonderful people out there. So I just want to thank everyone for that because I've met so many great people through this and including you two. I was going to say that too. Yeah. (laughs) This year has been a journey. It has and a lot of challenges, but a lot of self growth. And so I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful for everyone along the way that I've met, like you guys, especially just so many amazing people, everybody listening out there. We just appreciate your support. We appreciate you listening and sharing and just like going on this journey with us. Right. And the stories, you know, a lot of people email me and I, I try to email back when I can. I just, I get really bombarded and then I'm in deep research and writing and it's, it's hard to juggle it all, but I, but I see it and I appreciate everyone and I appreciate everyone sharing their insights and their stories and um, information that they come across. And now an email just popped in my head that I realized that, you know how like if you unbold it and then all of a sudden it's just lost and you're like, wait, wait, I got to go back and find that one. <laughs> see, there was one, I, there was an email I wanted to return a few days ago. Now when we're done, I'm going to have to go back and find that one because there's a lot of people that share really really personal experiences they're going through and 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 it's hard i get a lot of messages i'm sure edge does too it is really hard to get back i wish we could but it would legitimately take us like all day every day to write back to everything it gets a bit crazy but I, i've i've had a lot of people open it up and share to me when i've like never talked to them before or anything like that and for someone to do that to be that open with you feel like they they know you and they can trust you enough to do that is just so good for the soul anyway because it does make make you feel like you're making a difference. Right. Especially nowadays, you know, with all the fake news and it, it's hard for a lot of people to know who to trust and who to believe and what information to believe. And although I think it's becoming more and more transparent over time. It so. is. For a while, they can get away with tricking you, but they always get exposed in the end. I've even noticed like with my friends, you know, like before where I'm at right now, I had a, a roommate and she wasn't really aware of any of this, but she'd come home from work and I'd be like, oh my God, so this happened. And da, 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 da. So she started becoming more interested in it. And now she's really pays attention and she'll text me over things. I'm like, this is so cool. This is so awesome. Every now and then she'll share me something like I hadn't seen the news yet. And, and I have other friends like that too, of just, you know, their sense of observation and being able to assess and see through the BS is, is growing. It's getting stronger and they're sharing information with other people. And that's what's so cool. You know, this, this ripple effect that we're having to where eventually we can't say everyone, but I think we're going to see large and large amounts of people waking up. I mean, it's a global thing. If I I go into my analytics. There are so, I'm sure you guys can do that too with your site. There are so many people from different countries that follow my work or, or that we all communicate with on Twitter, you know, it's mm-hmm. really cool. And uh, what, listen to this podcast too, and make comments on YouTube. I see comments from all over the world. So yeah, it's like, very hey, cool. Hey from, hey, from New Zealand or, you know, stuff like that. It's great. Yeah. It's great. Oh, so, you got me from Australia for starters. Right. <laughs> That's the only reason why we have you here. Is because ah, <laughs> you probably know more that's going on over here than you do in your own country. I, I think that's I, true. 
I've told you this before. Remember that time that like we had to go vote and I didn't know it was voting day? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah like, it's ah. crazy that you guys get fined, right? Don't you get a fine yeah. or something if you don't vote? Yeah, we get a fine. It's mandatory to vote. So it's so interesting hearing like laws in other countries, you know? Yeah. Well, voting here is so strict. So you got to show your driver's license and they have like this big book. It's like, it's like, I don't know if you guys have like yellow pages or like, so like directories that you right. used to have in old phone books, right? I don't know if you have them anymore. But yeah, there's like this massive book from our area. So I'm in an area called Casey. So we'll have all Casey residents. So I'll come in, I'll show my driver's license, I'll tell them my address, then they go into the book and they go right down the book and they'll say, okay, da-da-da, from here, straight huh. address. Boy, if only we had, you know, those strict laws over here. Uh, it's Wouldn't so, that be so, nice? So true. <laughs> it's really going to be interesting to see what they come up with in the 2020 census, you know, and how I, long that's going to take to put together and come out with the information. So, like, this is what I, ne- I never understood this about America. For a long time, I've known your voting system is absolutely horrible. Compared to most of the world, it actually is. Like, you you lead the world in, in a lot of areas, but mm-hmm. when it comes to your voting system, it's like you're looking at the same on par with African countries. It's really bad. And our entire <laughs> it's incredibly corrupt. Yeah. They want illegals voting so that they the Dems can you know maintain as much power as possible. So it's it's by design. But it's happening. People are pissed off. Yes. Well, yeah. and, and that plays into the theme of this show, which is generally the Great Awakening and how much we've seen it gain speed and momentum and strength and really just resonate with so many different people from all over the world, all different walks of life coming in and joining and waking up. It's very cool to see people are talking more about the corruption and questioning more, which is nice. Mm, yeah, they're, they're questioning, they're looking into things. They're not blindly following like they used to. I started to wake up on the early days of Q and now I, it, it's kind of taught me to kind of create my own things and work with other people to bring more information out. That was really the starting point for me. It kind of woke me up and I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for the start of that movement. It seems like it's transformed me in a way to make me do more and make me do better. All, all these skills that I've learned from editing, from doing podcasts with you guys, all originated from that source. Just created a whole different beast in me, you know, which is great. I love that feeling. Yeah. And that's the thing is people need to, it's like, I've, you know, I've done articles on this where I believe people have so many talents that lie dormant. They've never been tapped. They've never thought to try this or that, or people told them that they weren't good enough or they couldn't do it or they'd fail. They may find that if they sit down and write something or draw something or begin to research something that they never even thought they'd enjoy doing, they may find out that this is like their thing, that this is what they really enjoy doing. And wow, they're really good at it. And right now we need that. We need people like activated, whether it's getting the messages out, whether it's creating new systems, coming up with ways to create new movies, new TV shows, new news stations, new education systems, everything, you know? Everything, right. To me, it comes down to finding your creative essence to help push a truthful narrative. Well, I feel like each of us are blessed with certain gifts and certain talents and certain things that we're good at and that we enjoy. And a lot of times we feel because of the indoctrination and like the system that we've grown up in, we feel like we have to put those things aside and grow up and get a job and take care of others. And all of that's important, taking care of your family and not saying that that that's not important, but we, we forget about those passions 
passions that we have. Yeah, I think that the Great Awakening isn't just about learning about the world or learning about politics. It's also learning about ourselves and kind of recreating the whole paradigm where we do follow our passions. We start to follow our hearts. We start to follow our instincts. These things that we've been taught to just suppress and Mm -hmm. not go with. If we do that, if we follow what we really truly feel in our hearts and our guts and our instincts that we we oftentimes will be led in the right direction. That's definitely been my journey. It's not easy though. It's really not easy, especially transitioning from the old way to a new one. That is a rough road, but it's worth it. And I see that that's kind of what we're in the process of, this rocky road of transitioning and rewriting the ship as a as a whole. But it's also happening like on individual levels too. So look at the macro and you can look at the micro and it's happening everywhere. Like like in, in our case, when like it that's what's really good to find people that you can work with. Like I I found it really hard to do on my own. Some people are really great at doing that. People like Red Pill seventy eight. Like the, the, some people are fantastic. I, I found it really hard to go on my own and bring something out to my full ability. Well, at least not yet. I'm still on that path. You know, that's like how me and Edge kind of kicked off. She was really good at writing. I'm terrible at writing. I have trouble with words. I have trouble with spelling. Because I've got issues with that sort of stuff. If people haven't noticed some of my tweets, that's why me jumping on Twitter was a really huge thing for starters. And you girls know you you girls talk to me every day. <laughs> you see, yeah. you, you like see my messages and stuff, right? <laughs> we, I don't we see how well. you interpret. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't see words correctly, right? So get, getting on Twitter, which is basically a text platform, was a really big step for me, for starters. I was like, I know I'm going to make a tremendous amount of mistakes here, but that's okay. There's no other way for me to move forward if, I, if I'm not going to do it this way. And it's just built the confidence up in me enough where I just roll with it now. Going back on how like me and Edge kind of got together, she was good at writing threads and stuff like that. I was really good at creating memes and art is mostly my thing. Considering words or not, I found my, my passion in art and pictures. So I was like doing all the graphics for her and stuff like that. And then we just kind of kicked off and then we kind of met you, Corey. And that was like like another great addition because you're really good at researching too. And I just think the three of us made a really, really good team together. It kind of just gelled and worked. I think that like what's cool is that we're so in, in several ways, we're very different, but in other ways, we're very similar and like we just have a good vibe. So it just works. And I love the fact that between all three of us, we respect each other. We just love each other the way that we are, you know? And and I think that's so lacking in in this world right now. You can't just have a conversation and disagree. You have to like hate that person because they have a different opinion. Yeah. Uh, it, it was like it was like me and Corey talking the other night. If you missed it, Edge, and she was like giving me all these cryptic stuff, and I was like, I I can't see it. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and, she, and she's like, What what are you not getting? I was like, I I I, 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 I think you're crazy. I've got no idea what you're talking about. Convince me of it. I'm not following whatsoever. <laughs> and then he but, says. He says, this is kind of cool. I don't think I've seen you so cryptic before. I'm like, what? Seriously? My brain's cryptic, you know, working through cryptic stuff all the time. I go, I guess I just am not normally rattling this off out loud, you know? Your late night deep thought is pretty cryptic. (laughs) I always seem to have my epiphanies at like two or three in the morning. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
I was thinking about, okay, so you know how I wrote the two part hunting the hunters so that people can learn how to, how to dig and fact check and search for themselves. Hey, um, I made that into a graphic thing as well. I remember that. Oh yeah, you did. You, you took the article and did like a whole meme thread on it. That was cool. I was thinking it might be kind of cool if I, I'd have to do this completely raw, like never having done, like say I have a person or an operation or a network or something I'm going to dig into. The problem is, is my digs take, you know, hours and hours and hours and hours, but I could isolate it to one thing and then I could record it all on video and, and kind of like talk my way through it as I'm telling people like what, I've never tried this before, but I thought that might be kind of fun because I move really qu- pretty quickly when I'm researching. So I thought if I just, because a lot of times people will ask me like, well, what steps would you take for this or for that? And, da, da, da. and I have to stop and think, and I'm like, okay, well, I'd go in here and then da, da, da. But it's different depending on who you're digging into. You know, I know you know that edge because you dig too, but I thought maybe that would be kind of fun if I actually did a video of me digging into something so that they can see have like a, a visual frame of reference. Yeah, that's a good but idea. But it, it could turn out to be like five hours. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to think about that one. Probably will. <laughs> You're pretty good at carrying things through. And then, oh, lo and behold, look, this connects over here and that connects over here. Okay, folks, we're going to have to do part two. <laughs> Edge is like that too. And like her last article that she's been working on for close to three months now. Just went from part one to part two to part three to part four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, because what happens is sometimes the operation just becomes so big and you, and you see the ties in this network and you can't tell a portion of the story. I mean, the news media does it all the time. It, it drives me friggin' nuts. It's like, you'll see this article that contains maybe seven or eight paragraphs. And I'm like, this isn't, this isn't even a tenth of the story. Like I'm a whole picture kind of person. I want right. to show the whole, the whole agenda, you know? And so sometimes you have to do that. You have to kind of break it up into sections. And I just, as I'm researching, I automatically start seeing like the outline in my head, you know, like all of a sudden I get the headline and then all of a sudden I see like the outline of the chapters and I like the big picture too. I like the historical perspective too, because first of all, I don't feel like we've been taught our real history. A lot of stuff has been omitted or revised and we have to go back and learn what has happened so that we understand the context of what's happening now. So that's usually like my go-to first thing is I just go back to the beginning or the origin of something to find out motivations, who was behind it. And then I walk that way, you know, and then I find connections all along the way. I usually do from a beginning perspective and see where we've, how far we've come to this point today. That's how I usually go. That's what I always tell people. The key is the timeline. Like you're going to find all your, all your points, the pivotal moments, even the cash flow transactions, all of it. That timeline is so important. Yeah, absolutely. It just gives you the big picture. And I, and I think that most people, I don't know. So I was going to say, I think that most people want to have an understanding of things. But then I think, I don't know, I've met a lot of people <laughs> in my lifetime where I'll look at them and think, gosh, they don't have a curious bone in their body. Like, how could you not want to know more about this or that or be, you know, be curious about this? And my brother has no interest in any of this. He respects the work I do, but he has no interest in going deeper or trying to understand the politics of it all or any of that. And I'm like, but it's not really about politics. It's about our entire culture, our world, our 
you know, the history. My brother is very similar, but he's not into like the political sort of stuff. He loves the history sort of stuff. Like we both wanted to be archaeologists when we were younger. So, oh, like, that'd he be loved so it. cool. Yeah, so like we, we used to like joke and talk about it all the time. We were going to save money and like go on an expedition and that never happened. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, we, but, but we used to talk a lot about that stuff. But when it comes to like political sort of stuff and digging into bloodlines and sort of, he, he wasn't that interested in. When it came to like artifacts and history of like tribes and stuff like that. So people yeah. do have different, you know, sort of curiosities around it all. You know what we're going to do when you come out here next year? This is something I've been wanting to do for I you. like to tell everyone. You've talked about that several times. Saying that I have not about. mentioned it at all. Yeah, you have. I mentioned it to you. He said it, Edge, in our podcast. Mm, I can't remember, actually. <laughs> All right, well, if we have to cut this part, we'll cut this no, part. No, 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 don't, don't cut it. You've broken it. Hey, go to Mecca. <laughs> if you come out here next year, speaker, <laughs> we need to do a road trip. I've always wanted to go to the Crystal Mines in Arkansas because I've had friends that did that years ago. And they send you in for the day. I guess they drop you off. You bring, like, a bucket and gloves and wear mangy clothes. Ooh. And, and you, you get to dig and what, however many crystals you find and put into your bucket you leave with. And I have friends that have, like, football-sized, gorgeous quartz crystals and stuff. And I always thought that would be so fun. Really? Yeah. I did that. I did that yeah. when I was a kid. <laughs> And it's cheap. Yeah. It's only like 20 bucks or something. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, it was like 20 fun? bucks just mm. to dig in the dirt. Did you, did you <laughs> score a bunch of crystals? I can't remember. I was so young, but yeah, I, I don't remember anything big. It was like little, little stuff. So, yeah. And you know, while we're there, because, you know, Arkansas, I'm sure we can find other things to do. <laughs> they have some really awesome hot springs. Ooh, hot springs. Yeah. That's where my folks got married. You know, I'm not going just for a vacation, people. <laughs> <laughs> Every day can't be a vacation, Corey. Oh, we can bring we can bring our mics on the road with us. There, there you we go. go. We'll do a GoFundMe and raise money to get a motorhome so we can travel. <laughs> we can go into like the history of the Clintons in Arkansas, and we can make a whole thing of it. That's perfect. Ooh. Just stop by Mena and interview pretty much everyone <laughs> in the town. I'm sure they have a story. That'd be really cool. So that should be a fun trip. No dates are set or anything yet, people. Got to raise money to make that happen still. Yeah. Now, I'm not talking about the bloody road trip thing, Corey. I'm talking about me going over there. <laughs> no dates I know. Set. I know. But I've always wanted to, like, rent a motorhome and just travel for a year. And then think of how cool that would be. I'm a nature person. so I'm glad. I'm, uh, it's funny how she's lumping me into this. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have a choice. When I get an idea in my head, you just got to roll with it. So we could go across the country and with no plan at all. And when big news drops in certain areas, you know, I'll bring my 300 millimeter zoom lens and we'll get out there and we'll take some footage and some photos and we can cover it in our podcasts. And then I can be writing and researching on the road and we can park in areas where we can go hiking and exploring. Wouldn't that be cool? Oh, that'd be great. Corey Lynn coming to you live on (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess that's a good segue into what we're looking to build in the future. Yeah. I've been wanting to do that for like five or 10 years. You know, I work from home. I've worked from home for 25 years. So I gave up a big chunk of uh, the majority of my business that I had built for 25 years that I could do this work. So I've always wanted to go on the road and work from the road. I got animals I'd bring and everything. And it's something that would be much more fun if you had a person with you. 
And not many people have that ability because most people are working for corporate America. Corporations. And yeah. What do you see the future of our channels and stuff, Edge? I would like to just look back at what's happened this year because like so much, you know, we dreamed this up. We started it, a website, a YouTube channel, this podcast, became friends with Corey been writing a lot more. I mean, just so much growth in this past year. It's really mind boggling to me. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so I'm just like really kind of happy with how that has all played out. And so I just feel like it's been like exponential growth. And so I just see that continuing into the years to come. So I'm excited about it. And some people have suggested that we do two or three podcasts a week. And maybe at some point down the road, we could get up to two a week. It's just, it's hard because like with Edge and I, the type of work we do is it's so intensive. The hours of research that go into reading the material and then dissecting and cross-referencing it and then trying to formulate it into words so that people understand it's so incredibly time consuming and then formatting it and getting it out there and you know you two do an incredible job with that sort of stuff and I, I don't think a lot of people realize how hard it is to put those things together and why you guys disappear from twitter sometimes <laughs> i just don't think a lot of people realize how deep you guys go and how meticulous you are with your facts trying to be as accurate as possible when others aren't and trying to link everything directly to a piece of information and that to me is what the truth is it's not someone just coming up with a theory or something like that it's really trying to tie it back to something tangible and you girls do that absolutely brilliantly well thank you, thank you. i still think we should we should do a once a week cooking show with the speaker yeah uh, this guy, I'm telling you guys, he is always sending us photos of what he's cooking. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks so damn good. And But he cooks a lot of kangaroo. You do cook a lot of kangaroo. <laughs> Corey's like blowing my cover this whole episode. <laughs> he's, just, uh, he's coming to America. He's, he's a really good cook. He's incredibly handsome. He's like, he's, he's just ruining all of it, aren't you? Why don't we just put a picture of me up on the screen, Corey? Go for it. <laughs> Go for it. I think you should do a cooking show. Even a, just like a little 10-minute intro to the podcast <laughs> with the recipe. The only problem is, is I don't know where we can get kangaroo meat around here. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that we eat down here that you might find hard getting. Uh, a lot of deer, a lot of goat. I don't know if you guys do that. Yeah. I've never had goat meat. I've never think. had goat meat either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? You guys don't do goat meat? No. no. I've had venison, but I've I've never had I've never had goat. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. No, no. I mean there's goat milk, but Right, goat, right. Well, goat curry. You know you guys know about goat curry? Uh, no. 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 I'm gonna have to cook you goat curry then, aren't I? No, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'll you, try the you kangaroo. Can't, you can't say I can have a cooking show and then not eat what I cook, Corey. Does, does right? kangaroo taste similar? Like, what meat does it taste closest to? Oh, kangaroo. Like, I really asked just him this before, game. and I said, is it gamey? And he said, yeah, it's gamey. Yeah, yeah, oh, it gamey. is? Well, gamey's not too bad. Like, I like duck. I have this thing with uh, duck tenders. Have you guys have, ever had duck tenders? Instead no. of yeah, I've had a duck. Sorry for the <laughs> experience out there. No, I was raised bad. on meat. I really wish I wasn't. It is a hard thing to kick because I'm an animal lover too. So if I start thinking about it, I get really upset by it. And there's certain meats like I just can't eat anymore. But you know, when you're raised like this. You're very emotional with that stuff. 
okay, so I woke up feeling good today after this whole impeachment thing. I literally could feel like this calmness, this shift today. I, I know that sounds crazy probably, but I'm telling you, they just sealed their fate and things are going to move forward very differently now to our advantage, I believe. I just felt like, um, okay, now that we got that behind us and... Um, well, well it's, it's not really behind us because Pelosi's still no, holding the impeachment away from Senate, but... That'll go up to the Supreme Court. That'll all be pushed through, but... But but the main, you know, their whole main, since day one, for three years, we've been listening to this, or at least two and a half years, we've been listening to this. We got through it in the sense of, I can literally feel a shift right now. Like that just completely shifted everything and sealed their fate. Well, oh, it, I agree. It, 2020 it, it, is going to be amazing. It's, yeah. it's getting worse on their side too. They're going so far left with this hatred of this corruption. And it's funny because they're trying to gaslight along the way and they're mm. trying to push it like everyone else is corrupt. Just the fact that Pelosi's sitting there trying to like tame them from cheering. It's disgusting. It really is disgusting to watch, but you have to just like laugh at some of this because it's so off the charts neurotic. It's completely insane. These people are, you know, they're crazy. They're not even sociopaths. I swear some of them feel like they're just from another planet. It's like a combination of sociopaths, psychopaths, and pathological liars. And they believe what they say and they see things very differently. It's almost like we have two different cultures existing in this land you know I, I know right i've been feeling that for ages like and, and I, I think edge has gone into this a bit like different bloodlines and stuff but the way i've always seen it is there's there's two types of ways to look at the world the one how they look at the world and how we look at the world mm-hmm. and it's just so far apart that it it's almost is alien on both sides like if you're on their sides we're obviously alien to them we're just food we're just sheep we're just little workers to them i mean on the conscious level like even their supporters i'm not talking about them in general i'm just talking about people that think like that and follow that way i think it's just what comes out of your mouth is what's in your heart and if you just have nothing but anger and hatred in your heart that's what's going to come out of your mouth and in your actions and if you really do have love in your heart for mankind, for your country, for the world. It's going to be seen in your actions and the way you speak. And so when you see these people on the streets, you know, just so angry and hateful, just Mm -hmm. because someone's wearing a Trump hat or they just came out of a rally or, you know, they're on a school bus, you know, and they say they like Trump, you know, and then they just get beaten to death because of thinking differently. It all comes from what's in your heart. I think that it's it's not as much where you grew up or who raised you or what your bloodline is. It's more of just a personal choice of what you're going to allow in your heart. Very good point. To me, it's almost like two different levels of energy. It's two different complete opposite poles of consciousness. It is. It is. And, and what I'm seeing is that, yes, there's this great awakening is happening and more of those people who were maybe just asleep or going through the motions are starting to wake up and become more aware and prioritize what's happening and participate in it. But there's also a divide happening where there's on the other side, their side is getting so much more extreme too. And their their hatefulness just really, it just seems to be amping up as well. There's almost like there's a, 
third kind though that are just kind of sitting in the middle and maybe they vocally lean one way or the other but they're not really participating that's what i've known from a lot of people that i'm friends with and that i'm around they're not bad people no i think a lot of people are afraid to speak up and say i mean i've seen this i've observed this my entire life not just recently most people they struggle with just saying it like it is with just telling the truth with recognizing what resonates with them and instead of going along with something that you're not comfortable with because you're afraid people are going to look at you funny or they're going to think badly of you, you know, and, and a lot of times people say, well, I don't want to do that because it's going to hurt the other person or it's going to hurt their feeling or it's going to, you know, that's BS. It has to do with you and you only. It's, you don't want to be looked at that way. You don't want someone to think that you're being mean. Judgmental or... Right. But I mean, the bottom line is that's a huge part of how society was trained and brainwashed to not speak up, to um, do as you're told. Listen to what the Pope just said, like we were talking about. It is our duty to obey when the United Nations or international companies speak. It's absurd. So this has been ingrained into our culture for so long, it needs to stop. It can be done in a heart. If, if it's coming from a good place of intention and from your heart, you know, you don't have to speak your truth in a mean, vindictive, hateful way, but speak your damn truth and speak right. up and, and don't worry about what other people are going to think. And the more people do that, the more invincible. That's their biggest fear. That is their biggest fear is a public awakening and a public uniting. That's why they draw such lines between races. And make no mistake, it's them who are pushing this agenda on us that we, you know, whites hate blacks, blacks hate whites, Trump supporters hate Hispanics. As much division as they can get, that's their gain. A united group of people is going to overpower anyone who has been trying to suppress us and lie to us. And so, you know, that is their biggest fear. And if we can just be brave and overcome that and not worry about being called a racist just because we're Trump supporters or being called weird or a conspiracy theorist because we like to research and tell the truth. Of actual conspiracies. Right. (laughs) It took me years to go through that journey. I was quiet for, you know, years before I started speaking up. I was awake, but I really didn't have many people to talk to about it. And uh, when I did talk, I felt like it was falling on deaf ears. And so I just stopped talking and I kept so much inside for a long time, but that's just no way to go. You know, it's so much better to be able to find a community, a group of people that support you and understand where you're coming from, but also to just, you know, just be authentic and, you know, who you are and not be ashamed of that. Like, oh, I'm weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. there, I think yeah. there are a lot of people like that. It always blew my mind when I, when I kind of worked at how big of a, like race is over in America and how big they've made that as sort of like a fighting point. Like it blew my mind when I saw, you know, people calling each other racist and thinking there's Nazis everywhere. And because my, my best friend's a black guy. We grew up together like since like year eight in high school. And he was like your typical black guy. He had like huge afro and everything. It was hilarious, right? It was just like your funny <laughs> stereotypical thing you could ever see. And I've got Spanish in me and I used to dress like a Latin gangster. And it was really funny because we were so, if, if, if you were to take it in like hindsight, 
like from an offensive way. We were so racist to each other, but we laughed about it all the time because we thought it was funny because there was no underlining malice there. So like I, I would say something to him and he'd be like, you know, don't you have a Ricky Martin concert to go to or something? And that back and forth just made us so much better friends. There's no malice there. It was just absolutely funny. The way I see racism, and this is my opinion, is that, well, actually, I think this is really the, the, just the truth, is that, you know, racism isn't about identifying the differences between the races because that's just fact that's just fact you know and and pointing those differences out isn't racist what's racist is thinking that your race is superior because of the differences and or trying to completely suppress a race like the democrats do you know with their ulterior motives they say one thing but they're really doing another and they're hurting a race Right. So I, I don't think it's, it's racist to point out certain characteristics of, of race, as long as you're not doing it with malice. And right. that whole thing has been taken way, way too far. Kids are, especially oh. kids, they've been just, they've grown up in this world where, you know, literally, and, and I can tell you from personal experience, you know, with my own kids that, you know, if you literally bring up that something like a piece of paper is black, kids are like, oh, <gasps> you know, you said that to the point where it just doesn't even, it it like loses its value of what it actually is and was. You take that beyond race and you go, okay, so this is what they're training kids in school, how to think. Don't say this, don't say that, don't think this, don't think that. And they do that with so many different things that it shuts a kid down. They can't expand their minds. They can't explore different thoughts. They're told a very directed way of thinking and speaking and believing in things. And if you go outside of that, you're, you're bad. And, and it's, it's terrible. I mean, that's that right there is indoctrination. And that's what's been going on for a very long time. I think the Great Awakening isn't just about waking ourselves up or even like trying to get out there on social media and, and waking people up that way. But it's also like making sure that your kids grow up with some sort of baseline of what the truth is and learning how to like critically think, like breaking them free or help, helping them recognize an indoctrination when it's being put on them. Because it's they're going to grow up in this world. It's hard to keep them totally apart from it and separated from it. So just teaching them, giving them the skills to have that critical thinking and recognizing it early. When you don't have that sort of critical thinking, like a lot of things get skewed. So like this diversity is our strength slogan, right? Obviously there's benefits to having diversity in society and there's also a lot of downsides to that. But people don't want to talk to the downsides in that. And if you want to look at certain cultures and all that, I'm sorry, they are different. Some cultures don't mix with other cultures and other religions don't mix with other religions. This is just a fact. It has been a fact for a long time, right? If, if people are going to take things that way, they would look at countries like Japan and say, Japan's the most racist country in the world because they are so strict on their citizenships. A- anyone that's not born in Japan, you will never be Japanese in a way. You can get citizenship and stuff there, but you will never be, you will be called what is known as a gaijin, which is an outsider. It doesn't matter if you're a citizen or not. Japanese yeah. slogans have always been the Japanese is for the Japanese. Their culture is so strong. Their bond is so strong. Their history is so strong. And it's so, and you can see that when you go there. They love outsiders. They've got absolutely nothing against them. But Japan is for the Japanese. And they're so strict in that, in that philosophy and their belief. And that mm-hmm. will never change. And I've never been to a more peaceful country 
I respect that. I think that with our country and with your country, we're melting pots from our origins. We have a different perspective of everyone is kind of contributing. And I think that that's a good thing, you know, to have a variety of different cultures and religions and perspectives and races and so forth. But it does pose problems, obviously, especially when you have people in power trying to highlight the differences and cause division among us in order for their own personal gain. And going back to what you were saying, Edge, about with the children, that is, it's, it's, the children is first and foremost, because that's where their target is. With all agendas, that is where their target is. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen this movie. Favorite all-time movies was uh, Captain Fantastic which came out in 2016 with uh, Viggo Mortensen. Did you guys ever see that? No. Yeah. I've watched it three times. It's so good. And I'm sure there'll be varying opinions on this. But the father was raising, there were six kids. So he's raising them out in the forests in the Pacific Northwest. And he's got them on this like rigorous workout routine. And he teaches them to hunt and how to survive and how to build shelter and like everything you need for, you know, living out in the wild. While at the same time, he's teaching them musicality, they all have instruments, they've, you know, they'll sit around the fire at night and play their instruments. He's educating them to where they're so brilliant beyond belief. So he has books there. They're, I mean, he has like a cabin kind of like with a bunch of bunks in it, you know, so they have shelter. But he teaches them about the Constitution, you know, about history, about everything. But then there's the stick it to the man. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got real attitude against the government and their ways and everything. And this is why like him and his wife at the time wanted to raise their kids this way. Well, the story ends up like taking a twist and I won't spoil it for anyone who hasn't watched it, but they do end up running into some situations where they do have to like, they have a big boss. So they end up having to go into the city into like actual civilization and stuff, which the kids are seeing for the first time. It was really interesting. There's a lot of, a lot of little lessons in there and uh, thought provoking experiences. And I, I really, really liked it. Mm, that's cool. Yeah. It's just like each one of us, when we're waking up, we're kind of like those kids where like we're seeing things almost for the first time because it's from a whole new perspective and looking at things like, whoa, why is, why is it this way? I know it's always been this way, but that's not why. Why is it this way? Who mm -hmm. made it this way? Who benefits it from it being this way? So I feel like that's, that's a good analogy actually. Yeah, and I think it's important that everyone, whereas there's a lot of unpacking to do and reflecting, I hope people don't get too stuck in the past of, gosh, I would have done this differently, or I would have made this choice, or I would have thought differently, or I would have raised my kids differently, or, you know, don't beat yourself up. The important thing is, is how we all choose to move forward. I do think it's important to go back and heal certain things, but being stuck in the past, there's no way to live. And, and th that's what I've noticed with, once again, this race issue and stuff. It's like so many people are, are looking at the past and bringing it into the present. They're trying to create it out of nothing. And it's like, you're trying to, you know, find oppression where there is no oppression. You're trying to find pain when there is no pain. Well, there is still some of that going on. That does go oh. on in our country, but it's, it's not the way they're saying that it's happening. It's very different. The perpetrators, you know, are the ones doing that and they're making it seem like we're all, you know, this whole country is like this. Well, I think we pretty much have mass corruption across the board because these folks that 
in some cases, some stuff's been infiltrated, but in more cases than not, it was constructed, orchestrated, planned, and created that way intentionally. And that's across the board, you know, in all countries. And it's a shame, but people are waking up to this. And just by being aware, we can start shifting this, uh, shifting one's perception, like we've been talking about, is one of the biggest key elements to this. And um, I just want to wish everyone a happy holiday and a Merry Christmas. And we're actually going to publish this on Christmas morning. I'm kind of excited about that because I know there's a lot of people that don't, you know, have a lot of people to spend time with. And so they're on the internet or reaching out to people across the phone. And so I thought it'd be kind of nice to actually publish this on Christmas day. Hey, so we can hang out with all of our good friends. Wishing yeah. you all a Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for listening to us and for sharing. I want the jingle bells, Edge. Okay, all right. Jingle bells. Oh, Yay. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Thank you for following us. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for those that donate. I know it's really hard for a lot of people to do, but just following us and viewing us and, and getting the work that we do out there is just so appreciated. And it keeps Mm -hmm. us going on the daily. And if anybody wants to know, these are what our chats are normally like. They're just very random. We just decided (laughs) to share with you guys and hang out with you guys for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is pretty much our back, backstage talks anyway. We may use a little more, you know, swear words and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us. We wish you all a very Merry Christmas, a Happy Holiday, and a Happy New Year. Please check out all the links in the description below. And please share, like, subscribe, and hit that bell. We'll see you back next time right here on Dig It. You should have rung the bell when you said ring the bell. Yeah, you ring ruined, the bell. You, you ruined a great opportunity. Opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>